G'day listeners and welcome back to the Keeper League for our first uh, pre-season 2020 episode. Uh, we thought we'd get back behind the mics and put something out for the uh, public to listen to. But uh, before we start uh, talking about tonight's topic, I'd like to introduce my co-host, Kays. How are you, mate? Good, Hef. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Uh, just uh, getting back into the swing of things, a lot of fantasy research already. Um, it does seem a bit early, but I don't think you can ever be too prepared for uh, fantasy research. That's correct. Uh, Got to get the jump on everyone else in your league. Yeah. Exactly. So tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about starting a new AFL Fantasy Keeper League, I guess, for 2020. So we've had lots of questions asking you, how do we actually do it? Uh, or what are the best settings to do and all that sort of stuff? Um, so yeah, we thought we'd get stuck into it and have a chat. So yeah, let's get stuck into it. All right, Hef. So I'll be the question master for tonight. So right. you're the font of knowledge. So these are going to be the, uh, I guess, the most common questions we get yes. from listeners. Yep. Yes. Cool. Uh, so FAQ1, what website should you use to start up a keeper league all right so we use ultimate footy and look you can do it basically on most websites so afl fantasy if you really wanted to afl fantasy draft even Supercoach, you've heard of people running leagues but it involves lots of hacking of a website so there's no actual dedicated platform you use a website and you kind of manipulate it to work the way that you want it to, to work so we use ultimate footy which is essentially a draft website and we set it up in our first year we just ran a draft like normal and then uh in the second year basically we um yeah we kind of use it to preset the draft picks to select our keepers we'll talk about that um, more in a second but what makes ultimate footy um i guess the most uh, i guess the best site for it i think is just the level of customization so yep. basically any setting you can customize to your league setting or leagues want mm-hmm. um and what you need so yeah basically ultimate footy i reckon would be the best site to use yeah definitely i think some things that people might not know about ultimate footy is you can actually set how much points are worth for different things as can, well so yeah, change everything. you can completely change anything so if you think that kicks aren't worth three points and should be worth one you can change that or if you want to include i think smothers and spoils and that kind of thing they can also uh, include that so it's pretty cool to to make it your own league and and you can actually be completely different to everyone else yeah definitely uh why does customization make it ideal for running a keeper league so we talked about this before but the most um i guess the most beneficial thing that you can get out of ultimate footy is the um ability to um preset the draft picks so mm-hmm. um this means basically after your first year you can assign keepers to picks in the draft yep. so say if you want to kick 20 plays in your like in your per year in your team um you can assign the last 20 picks um of the draft to the player each team wants to keep so there are also a number of other features that make ultimate footy ideal for keeper league so it's also the ability for the commissioner to just make changes to teams so um basically if you um have like a rookie list or whatever you can drop players from a list and put them back on or if there's a, a trade that needs to be done in a certain way, you can kind of just completely, the commissioner can completely take control of everyone's list and just edit to the way the league needs. So mm-hmm. you can also customize fixtures and then that allows like lower placed teams to play against the lower, kind of like the AFL does with the the teams that are at the bottom of the ladder. They play more against the teams that are at the bottom. So you can kind of make a few equalization measures there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also the, the ability to turn off the waiver wire. So you can actually say no pickups for the season. So um, if you wanted to run a league, this is the way we run our league. If you wanted to run a league where you don't pick up people off the waivers, um, you can turn it off. So you're stuck with the teams that you, draft initially yeah the other cool thing about um ultimate footy is um you know with the draft pick selection so if you are actually trading draft picks or trading players at picks um you know it might not go on that snake order or the or the one two three four five etc order you can actually go right hef has the first two picks in the draft and then me and then go from there so you can actually customize the whole draft process which makes it a bit more like um the afl in real life yep 
Uh, how do you actually keep players? Yeah, so we get this all the time. So people run their first season, they get to the next season, go, oh crap, how do we actually do it? How do we actually keep the players and roll over the list from year to year? Because they open up ultimate footy for the following year and it's a completely blank slate. All teams are basically blank. Mm-hmm. So what you've got to have to do is you have to, um, well, let's just say you have a squad size in your league of 40, set to 40, yep. and you want to keep 20 players in each side. Um, yep, so at the end of the first season, you save all your team lists into a spreadsheet. So a bit of a job for the commissioner or one of the commissioner's minions or cronies or whatever he's got working for him. <laughs> um, so basically you, you copy every player into a spreadsheet. This is the way we do it. And we go through um, in the off season and we pick the players that we want to keep. So then we just basically wait for Ultimate Footy to open uh, the following year and we go to the draft order and we assign um, the keepers, say let's use 2040, so the 20 mm-hmm. players we want to keep. We assign them to the last picks in the draft. Um, when the draft opens or it gets to well, what happens is it takes those players out of the pool yep. and uh, when you get to the draft, it will auto-draft those players to your team so the keepers snap um, straight to the team. So, yeah, it works out pretty well in that regard. Yeah, and the good thing is you can set that up really early. So, um, so when you're doing your research of who you want to draft, you're actually just seeing who's left in the pool. You're not seeing all the leftover players who are actually going to go uh, who, or who are, who are being kept by a club. I suppose the other important thing about it is when you're actually starting up a keeper league from scratch is to set those rules in place early about how many people you're actually going to keep. So if you are going in with a full squad of 40, just make sure that you are keeping that 20. Don't get to the end of the year and go, oh, now, and now we're going to make it 15 or yep. 25 because, you know, people will actually draft from day one for not just, you know, 2020 if we're talking about that but for for the future years so you need to make sure those rules are in place uh, from day dot all right next question how do you set it up? So, yeah, basically we get a lot of people like, hey, what do you do when you open up Ultimate Footy? What settings do you have to do to make it a keeper league? Well, basically you don't have to do anything really. You set it up like a normal draft league for your first year, that is. Um, set it up like a normal draft league, set the squad size, um, pick all your players for the first year and just play the first year out like it's nothing. Yep. What changes is the second year that's when you have to assign those draft picks at the start of the year to pick your 20 keepers or whatever mm-hmm. you've got it set to um so yeah and you use the last picks of the draft so essentially you're kind of hacking ultimate footy's draft setup to work for keeper leagues it's not actually a you know a keeper league website you're hacking the site essentially so there is an important aspect of that where you're relying on ultimate footy for the draft and for the fantasy bit throughout the year but you're also relying on spreadsheets yeah. and, and keeping documentation throughout the year just because there is no actual natural site like we've talked yeah. Uh, how do pre-seasons, tra- how do pre-season trade periods work? So yeah, when conducting trades outside of the uh, of the season, for example, you know you might have an off-season trade period. So some people are crazy and trade straight after the season finishes, like the AFL does. Yep. But that way you don't know the new positions. So you could be trading away now a new defender. A lot or of rage like trades at yeah, the end of the year. You yeah. really should know who's yeah. playing where yeah. if you're actually watching the game. But you never know that someone might surprisingly pick up a DPP that you might not expect. So, yeah, um, yeah some people are crazy and do it straight off the season. We wait until basically before the season starts, before we do our draft. We have mm-hmm. a two-week trade period, yeah. basically a couple of weeks before the draft. So, um, yeah, but basically, again, the spreadsheet comes out. This is the way we do it. Spreadsheet comes out of every team's list and we kind of um, – um, talk to each other, we converse, we email, we send each other messages and yeah, um, so every team's in there, when two coaches want to trade, we discuss it via email, say yep, we agree, we then go and email our commissioner um, mm-hmm. and then the commission, one person suggests a trade, second person has to go yep, confirm trade and then yep. the commissioner processes it on the spreadsheet. When Ultimate Footy opens, he goes in and changes all the picks around and stuff like that because yep. you're assuming when you trade someone and you're going to keep them yeah. so they become party keepers. It is uh, can be a bit of a time-consuming period 
period for the commissioner. So yep. if you are taking on that responsibility, make sure you know you're up for it because it can, uh, yeah, take a bit of your time. I'm so glad I'm not the commissioner anymore. <laughs> I did uh, it for three years. And Andrew's doing a great job. Uh, what happens if someone quits your league? So yeah, Ultimate Footy um, gives the league or commissioner, the admin, um, the ability to reassign login to each team's account. So basically at any stage, you could change the email and password associated with any of the account, um, basically booting the other coach out and the new person that wants to come in to your league. So yeah, basically if someone leaves, you just give the, you set the account to the email and password. But this means they have to take over this person's team. Correct. Now, f- what's happened historically in our league, actually, we had a premier quit one year, which yeah. was bullshit. But uh, anyway, generally, it's uh, a player at the bottom of the ladder that quits. So, you're in charge of rebuilding that team, which can be a uh, long and tricky process for some coaches. And then it's important for the the league, I suppose, then to maybe talk about uh, potential sanctions, not sanctions, but uh, you know, trade options where they can uh, kind of give those guys a bit more of a, a leg up heading yeah. into next year. Because maybe if extra draft bottom, picks exactly. or an extra keeper or something like that. An yeah. extra first round pick or something yeah, yeah. like that just yep. to, to kind of equalise it up and make the, the first guys here not an actual living hell. That said, we never did that and we made them suffer. No, because we're <laughs> bastards. Uh, what rules should you use? <laughs> well, basically, this is this is up to you guys um, when you're making league. So, it's important to just go through and obviously have a look what you can customise in uh, Ultimate Footy, but you got to set whatever works for your league. But from experience, um, league members are going to get really angry if rules keep changing from year to year. So, just make Make sure they're set in stone from the beginning Correct. or give like a season's notice if they're going to change really. Mm-hmm. So we find that if something's going to change, we announce it one year and we wait a whole year before it comes in. So it gives people time to prepare. Or even if something's been bugging us throughout that, you know, what happened through 2019. Yeah. You know, it's been talked about to, you know, the cows come home really. So by the end, in this period, it's time for that commission to make that change going, all right, from the next season, this is what's coming into play. So that everyone knows about it, you know, ahead of the next draft period because that's what you need to know. All right, uh, so during the week we put out a tweet basically asking our listeners, um, and a lot of them are Keeper League veteran, veterans. Some are out there have been keep playing Keeper Leagues longer than, well, than mm. we have. So uh, we put it to them to, we asked them basically, what suggestions would you give to anyone starting a new Keeper League in 2020? So we're going to go through some of the best suggestions we found and uh, yeah, read them out and just discuss what we think about these suggestions. So from at Bagels4, he says, don't have deep teams. It makes coaches play for more immediate success which creates a more competitive team. Yeah, so we run uh, 16 players we keep each year mm-hmm. and squads of 32. So, yeah, we think that's a pretty good balance. Some people might think that's too many. I know there's um, leagues out there that do 12 yep. um, and I think 10 is the minimum I've probably heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it all depends on what works and I guess how many um, teams you've got in your league yeah. as well. But that is a pretty good suggestion. But it's not always the best way because some people prefer – well, I'll, I'll kind of talk, and I've actually done this in our bio, and I just want to make it clear to our listeners that I have like two different terms for keeper leagues, really. I have keeper leagues where you keep, you know, about half your list or whatever, and then you've got like the dynasty dynasty style, yep. which is like you em- emulate the AFL where you only have to make three list changes a year. So mm-hmm. I kind of break it up into keeper leagues and dynasty or deep draft keeper leagues, I kind of call it, mm-hmm. and dynasty keeper leagues um, where you m- mimic it more like the AFL. So there's a lot of different ways you could play it. But um, yeah, I think this is solid advice if you do want to have. Uh, don't want some team dominating for ages. The other thing is 
when you're starting it up from brand new, you can actually make completely different, you know, rules and regulations. So it might be, say, for say, using 40, for example, you have, you have you've got 40, you keep 20, but maybe five of them have to be under 20 years old or something like that. So yep. like there's a, you know, you, or you have to, it just allows you to keep a few of those gems that you've picked up late in a draft and you want to see them develop. You don't have to give them away as much. You can actually put as many rules and regulations as you want. And I think even the more kind of stuff like that, I think it makes it more interesting and coaches have to plan for the future and uh, you think about it a bit more as opposed to just, you know, drafting for immediate success, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Uh, at James plays F. S. Uh, get all the rules, positions, list sizes, keeper numbers, etc. correct up front because they have a massive impact on how players are valued. If you do need to change them, you must give sufficient notice, at least an entire season. So keep this in mind. Oh, yeah. James is reading from your playbook. Basically, yeah. So it's, well, I think it's just, I guess when great minds just come together, they all think a lot, really, because that's, yeah. it's something we do in our Keeper League as well. Yeah. Yes. Um, if we want to change a rule, it has to be done well ahead because it can just mess up someone's complete plans if they're, yeah. you know, planning. It sounds dumb, but people actually have yearly plans. I want to do mm. this in this first year and draft these type of players in the second year. I've definitely done it before. I had like a four-year plan to win a flag and it actually came off. But, you know, people do that. And if you change something up straight away, you like change your keeper numbers or change the certain agent numbers mm. you have to keep, it can just yeah. throw everything out the window. So yeah. you need plenty of uh, plenty of warning before you're going to change something. Yeah. In terms of positions, I think it's important because a lot of people actually play because uh, ultimate and, and fantasy all that change, the positions change each year. Yeah. Some um, leagues actually go what the player was drafted at. That's what they stay at they for the, stay their that whole way. career. So, you know, yeah. someone like Lockie Whitfield, even though he's going to be a forward next year, will be a backman in some leagues because he's been drafted as a backman. That's how it works. So, yeah. you know, there's there's complete, you can change it as much as you want. That's the best thing about the customization of Ultimate. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It comes yeah. back to the uh, customization of Ultimate Footy, what you can do. Um, at Skins Pig, uh, this is a great suggestion. Assume coaches will cheat and set the rules to avoid disaster. Correct. There's Happens every time. Always someone out there looking to exploit something. Um, yes. I even remember something it's kind of come become a mainstay for us as well but we made it you had to draft um, you had to trade a pick for a pick and a player for a player in a, mm-hmm. in a deal but what ended up happening in ours which was a loophole I didn't think of people would trade like first round pick for their last pick and it was effectively just a nothing so it was a player for a pick but it's actually worked out well in our league to actually you know pick, add leverage to a deal yeah it keeps it, it works out. yeah yeah, yeah. Definitely. But, uh, you know, I always put up a few rule changes I like to see happen, but, you know, no one ever listens to me, which is fine. <laughs> I'm still chasing that elusive flag. Uh, at DanK101, he says, draft to win the premiership right away. Preferable age of players to draft would be 22 to 27. Uh, still plenty of years left in them, but ready to score well for you straight away. I drafted too many young players and gave up on winning the flag in my first season. Yeah, there's well, there's a saying we've got here. We went, went through it last year, but someone's got to win it in the first year. So yep. why not it be you? You know, get the monkey off the back, get that first flag, name engraved on the cup. Um, I definitely didn't draft like that, and I, no. I, I don't regret it now that I've won one. But at the time, I was thinking, geez, why didn't I do that? Because a few blokes in the league did, yeah, and they won it quite early. And yeah, yeah. I, I'd lo- I, if, I, if I was starting again, I'd actually do exactly what Dan's saying and I'd try and pick those guys in that I reckon you know third to fifth year I reckon that's prime and yeah. you don't need anyone older don't need anyone younger yes you're going to miss out on a Sam Walsh and yes you might miss out on a gun that's a bit older but you've basically got that core even if especially when you're playing keepers if, you, if you're keeping 20 of your 40 just keep make sure you're drafting your first 20 of those guys in that profile yeah. and everyone else is on the peripheral and if they work out 
long term, that's great. If they don't, you haven't lost anything. So. I know. I know it says here like the uh, twenty-two to twenty-seven age bracket, which I think is in its prime. But I always find in keeper leagues, you're going to get some real old blokes on their last legs. Like you know, Cade Simpson a couple of um, years ago, or even like Heath Shaw last year. You can pick them up really late in a draft, and that's eighty points a week, mm. like there. So people value young guns where who might not play, like you know. Let's take defenders, for example. Some guy yeah. might be taking Liam Stocker because they think he's going to be a fantasy gun going forward. Yeah. But he did nothing for no one last year when mm-hmm. at the same point in the draft, you could take someone like he's sure and yeah. he's not going to play for your team for very long, but really going to give yeah. you a points boost in the first few seasons. Yeah. Um, at Brisbane Bears, he says, make it a cash leg. I'm talking $100 yearly entry, better chance of getting people in for the long haul. Yeah, we do uh, $50 to sign up with, which yeah. I think, Probably could go up at some stage with inflation. Yeah. We've been doing this for a while now. Correct. We have. 50 is, 100 is probably yeah. the new 50 anyway. Um, but we also have fines as well that kind of bump up the kitty. Yeah. And we use the pool for a lot of things. We uh, use it for our punting challenges and our yeah. end of season bar- our draft barbecue, that and kind the pri- of thing. And prize money too. Exactly. Yeah. So but I think it is all, important. Yeah. yeah. Because I think, um, you know, I've played just, you know, normal draft legs normally and, you know, people lose interest halfway through the year if they're not going well and, yeah. you know, there's no, no need to trade or do anything different. So I think it is important to have some kind of fat in the game um, and yeah it does always kind of make people go a bit harder especially towards the end of the season when when they know that they're a chance for a flag and they're potentially you know a few hundred bucks up yeah all right so uh, the next tweet is uh, from at the dynasty coach so uh, choose your league coaches carefully very carefully um, and have the gonads to kick out inactive coaches they'll kill your league so we just talked about that as well but yeah we probably could have profiled a few people a bit better with uh, the, the people that have dropped out of our league it was kind of pretty obvious that they weren't that into it as much as we were when we started I think everyone started off red hot yeah in the original league and you know things change people's lives and you know comes and goes but yeah there was probably actually no one that stayed longer than they really wanted to as well like I think when it was starting to wane for them they did leave because because they do know how uh, serious I suppose everyone takes it in our league uh, and not just that it's like we're a bunch of blokes that will if we can sit down and watch every game of mm. footy on a weekend if we yep. can whereas some of the blokes that were in a league don't I don't think enjoy sitting down all weekend mm. watching footy and yeah. discussing it and talking about it. So I think it was more about just they wanted to be involved. So that's what we're kind of getting at. You're going to have to make some tough calls. I think yeah. with some people saying, look, we yeah. don't really think yet. Yeah. <laughs> and it is, at the same level. But that is the massive thing about how good this stuff can be is like yeah. these guys, you, you know, usually really good mates and yeah. um, you've got so much in common and it's as much as, it's as, much as social group as it is like a, a fantasy football competition too. So yeah, um, yeah, it's, you have to make some tough calls every now and then. But, you know, don't be afraid if you're the commissioner especially to really go after a couple coaches and say guys like start trading start doing something start getting back on the thread you know like you know otherwise it's just it diminishes kind of the whole league for everyone so make sure you do kind of find those real football lovers and and get them involved all right next uh tweet at one chorm eight uh a comp with less coaches that are dedicated is a better is better than a comp uh, with more coaches that aren't so going on what we just said yep um and then make one person in charge via a vote, give them uh, a deputy and let them make the calls on the issues that will arise. Uh, punch up in the banter, bagging battlers isn't funny. <laughs> yeah, it is. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so this is a good one as well, I guess. Democracies, we've learned, do not work. You know, no. footy. You need no. someone with the balls to make the calls. Yep. At the top, basically. Yep. So, um, yeah, and we've generally, we don't have deputies, but we have a few people that kind of help the commission out here and there and stuff. And yeah. 
And I feel like you think in, you know, when you're thinking about it logically, you think that democracies work really well, but end of the day, you always have an even split or someone yeah. who's always trying to push an agenda or, or that kind of thing. Yeah. Or, you the have day, the, or you have the few blokes that don't look at the group chat for five days straight and they yeah. turn up like, hey guys, what'd I miss? Like yeah. after, you know, a week of people arguing type yeah. thing. So, Which yeah. can be frustrating. But yeah. at least if the uh, commissioner's got an agenda to push, you know, he's taking the responsibility so he can push his own agenda, I kind of feel. But, yeah. you know, you do need almost that second or third in charge or the the elder statesman of the group to go, mate, pull your head in. You know, this isn't actually good for the, the league. It's good for you. So, yeah. you know, do it smart. Um, but in terms of banter, I, I totally agree. And I've, I've kind of made like five little dot points I might go through a bit later in terms of what makes me, what makes the keeper league good for me. And yes, it is written on a <laughs> post-it note. So, uh, I'm a bit the old school one between us around here. But I think group chat is so important in any draft league, Absolutely. any keeper league. You know, like our WhatsApp group, just bloody goes bananas throughout the footy season and obviously all through the year because we're really good mates. But, you know, without that and without a, a good email thread, you know, you, you kind of nothing. So, uh, while Ultimate and AFL Fantasy and all that have kind of coaches, boards, etc., they don't really get used in, in our kind of league where yeah. we're pretty hot on the, the WhatsApp threads. And they're great because people always have their phones on them. There's almost no excuses for them not to read a message or not to read what's happening in terms of the league. So, yeah. um, and that's the great way to put, put banter through. What I love about ours is, um, you know, today... We talk, We had a few debates about uh, cranberry sauce and gravy on turkey Correct. and also Donald Trump's choice of beverage at his last press conference. <laughs> anyway. It's not actually always about football. <laughs> cranberry so. sauce on turkey is just a waste of time. <laughs> You've lost it, mate. It's anyway. a waste of time. <laughs> right, next uh, at Beeps to three, don't ever, ever be afraid to trade. Go hard. Last two years, I finished first after the home and away and, dropped and traded out first. Tom Mitchell and now Grundy. Should still make top four again next year. And more importantly, I've got six picks in the top 18 for our draft, including pick one. Just go hard. Now, Kays, I'm going to start an argument with you here. I can can feel it coming here. This is going to be controversial, but I am off trading. No. I am off it. And I'll tell you why. In our league, these are the only trades that happen. Okay. Team at the top. Yes. Trades out five young guns. Yes. For five old players that are averaging 80 and 90 that mm-hmm. have only got one or two seasons left mm-hmm. and from five rounds out of the end of the season whatever the season's over because they've just traded in all these guns the person at the bottom doesn't care anymore because they've given mm-hmm. up for the season yeah. and the season's over yep. the um, the second type of trade uh, that happens is Sermon so and so's got two injured players need to um, need to cover a spot mm-hmm. and then everyone in the league goes oh you got a zero there okay um, oh you see I see your uh, Max Gorn's injured so I will give you um, Andrew Phillips for Max Gorn oh you don't mm-hmm. have Ruckman oh bad luck mate that sucks mm-hmm. they're the two type of trades that only happen in our league I totally disagree I'm always the one for giving <laughs> no, sorry. Our, our yes you <laughs> just trade because you're bored yes and then just give uh, you know every other team an advantage and ruin your own team because you're bored that's what I like to do <laughs> so, but I I think that works. But the issue is, I think, in our league is that people are just so negative towards guys who want to have a risk and have a crack and trade like me that I actually scare. I don't really care because I've got tough enough skin and, you know, like I'm not horrible yeah, at yeah. ultimate footy. Whereas the the negative banter and the negative, you know, feedback from all that is that no, everyone's too, too scared to trade. But that's what I'm saying. What, what's the obsession be- with trading? Because Why can't you rely on the your, whole point? No, you draft. You, you, I reckon the, the point should be yeah, but how then good you, you are draft, your research and, then you and just draft. go to sleep for the rest of the season. Like, no, you, don't what, you want to try and trade? Team? And like, well, this is my suggestion, Kays. Is mm. this is probably we're probably getting into our league politics now, yeah. and not more so. But but these are these are conversations that you should have. Well, no, but this yeah. is actually like teams that do have this kind of idea as well. They have a trade period, mm. so they have a uh, three weeks in the middle of the season. That's when you make your trades. So that's what you you wait around for. But I think there's still excitement if you even if you're not trading. Like I love watching my players week in week out. And you come up against a, a rival or whatever. 
whatever and you yeah. want to beat them. That's but the- surely someone like you who knows a bit about what's going on in the VFL and the underage kids and you're keeping an eye on them, you know, surely you want to try and get an advantage of potentially someone who might have a guy that you've got your eye on in a league and, you know, throw a, a sneaky trade out that they think's juicy and then you kind of reap the reward in a year or two. Isn't that quite think- what it's about too? Trying to, you yeah, know, yeah. They're, they're some of my rewarding ones, you know, getting bonds off you and he was no one and, yeah, yeah. you know, these kind of things. They're the ones that look I look back on and go, geez, you know, like I was, I'm happy I had my finger on the but pulse. But see, even that Bont one was, again, I needed a defender badly. Yeah, otherwise, you took Tom getting, Jones. <laughs> why I was getting a donut. Like, yeah. Bont was, hey, was round two of Bont's debut season, you know. Just things like that. Like, that's the only reason that trade happened. Mm. And, you know, if, it, if I wasn't allowed to make it, I wouldn't have done it, obviously, yeah. and I'm highly regretting it. But anyway, um, but this is, yeah, so I guess teams do have um, trade periods and things like that. So maybe that's another option for leagues to actually have a look at and what's something mm. you might want to set in your rules. Because, yeah. like I said, there are people who are just obsessed with trading for the fact of trading and no offence case I think you're one of them I do love trading <laughs> yeah. I can't help it but I don't think all the time it's actually if you look back on it the amount of trades you've made it probably haven't made your team better a lot of the time no but I you know risked it yeah. you know, I've, I've definitely done some of the worst trades yeah. in the whole league and that's just what I've done but yeah. you know like the same time I still think I've put my team in a good position getting in some youth at times and you know sometimes you win some sometimes you lose some I, I really lost more than I've won I know that I'm not stupid but you've given Tom in our league I reckon two flags I reckon no <laughs> Debatable, <laughs> anyway, maybe one. Uh, talking about that, if you're talking about donuts and stuff, I think that's a big one and a big rule that you got to talk about, especially when you're not having waivers. Is yep. that you know we've brought in a rule as of next year that um, you know if you if you've got a, a you know you can't have a donut in the field, otherwise it's a fine. So therefore, people are trading in someone in just for a week, just a bit of a mates you know mates rates. So I'll give you someone who is not going to obviously play yeah. my team but we'll just I'll cover look your after donut. you this week and if not if it happens to me in a yep. few weeks I'll yep. look after you type so thing. now the rule is that they have to be on your list for a month I think now so yeah. you know so at least there's a bit of um, you know you have to the player the sorry the coach who needs to fill that gap actually has to give something up for a bit of time as opposed to you know just getting a, a cheapie for a week so I think always look about those as we we're talking about people who always try and find a weak spot in the leg and exploit it just make sure you kind of knock as many of those uh, rules on the head as soon as possible Possible. The first year is always going to be- um, yeah, There'll be know, loopholes uh, yeah. that you forgot to close and exactly. someone's going to get away with so it. So, you just yeah. kind of got to let that first week, first year go yeah. and then, you know, kind of reassess from there and, and, and re-go from there. Sure. All right. We've got a few from Facebook here as well. So, a few more suggestions on starting a, a new keep leagues. This one's from Daniel Eldridge. So, the majority of your team's age demographic should be about 22, 28. Okay. We've had something similar to that. So, we mm-hmm. might move on, but that's a, another very good point. Um, and uh, yeah. Let's move on from there. So, Lockie uh, Byrne, or I've got two names here, so I'm not sure if it's Lockie Byrne or Jake Fresher or, or I've combined them together. So, apologies to the person I've missed out here. Um, but, yeah, I'd defs recommend uh, a first to third year player minimum. Mm. So, having a minimum of eight players on your list that have played less than three years, stop people from stacking their teams yep. with old players, then bailing in a couple of years when their team turns to crap. Obviously, if you're starting up with experienced coaches, then you probs want to just let them go about it with their draft strategy. But I think setting that minimum certainly made a good balance with the coaches who are just getting into fantasy. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually totally on board that kind of keeping a, you know, you have to keep X amount of young kids to, you know, to not only get them in your teams and draft them, it kind of makes people sit up and take notice about what's happening in the underages or looking around the SNFL who might be worth bringing in, I think. And a lot of the time you'll take, you know, you might actually go early on a pick because they're a good draftee and that kind of thing. And you should kind of be rewarded, I feel, if you're playing a keeper league. So yeah. I'm actually, you know, if you were playing a league and you said oh, I had to keep three, of my 15 players I was keeping, I had to keep three that were under 
20 or something like that. Yeah, I think that's cool. I think it just differentiates us a bit, makes it a bit more fun. Yeah, I like it too. And for me, like my pet hate in Keeper Leagues, and I've already just ranted about this five minutes ago, but is those bulk trades that are just five young players that aren't going to, you know, get more than 50 for the se- average 50 mm. for the season for five old dudes that are going to go play for one or two more seasons, average 80 each week. It gets rid of that because you need to keep those young guys on your team. Mm. So I, I like that rule. Um, I've actually suggested it to our commission on the back of that, but he said, uh, no, it's not something we can bring in straight away. So Rude. Anyway. Uh, dashing David Stobie, don't be like Heffin Case. Oh, well, thanks, yeah. Foss. Uh, yeah, Foss is a league member of ours. So mm, suggestion, Foss. don't be like Heffin Case uh, on your mate. Actually, pretty good suggestion. You bloody <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right. All right, Case, I yes. want to tell you a story. Yes. All right. And it's about a fancy team called the Big Hoofers. There she Okay. So once upon a time, uh, the Big Hoofers uh, coach, uh, we went, he'll go unnamed, um, he used to be a uni student. Mm-hmm. All right. And he used to put a lot of time into fantasy football mm-hmm. because uh, he had the time to do so. Yes. But then he got a job. Yes. Okay. And a partner. And, yes. You know, things got serious. All right. Yes. And he didn't have a lot of time to put into fantasy football. Mm-hmm. So I used to rock up on draft night. I mean, he used to rock up on draft night. Oh, <laughs> cover's blown. And, uh, yeah, and he really hadn't done any research and he'd just draft willy-nilly. And uh, he'd always Was get that in this the- year? No. <laughs> Could have been, though. <laughs> it's actually the opposite this year. Uh, got to the end of the draft, right? Yeah. And I was like, all right, I better take some kids. He said, I better take some kids. Uh, anyway, so he goes to the draft. I'm like, all right, I'm going to take whoever was pick one because I've done no research into who mm-hmm. they are mm-hmm. draft that player and then someone pipes up across the room well, why'd you just take a key forward that's going to take three years I'm like oh, shit mm-hmm. right, take the next guy you just took a key defender mate alright good anyway uh, what I always wanted in yes. times where I couldn't uh, draft a player or sorry mm-hmm. sorry, times where I couldn't research properly is a website yes. that had all the underage draft stats so I yep. could actually go through and see who the uh, the top scorers were all the state league fantasy scores so mm-hmm. all those uh, players that uh, were killing in the second leagues and could have made their way up yep. um, and I used to type into Google and every now and then you'd get someone who did like a, a comment on Big Footy like these guys are going to be the best guy mm-hmm. but it wasn't set in stone so I, I wanted a place that all those kind of stats and numbers and suggestions were. Sounds good. Yeah, but it was never there. So I decided to make it, he decided to make it himself. <laughs> the story is very, very convoluted. <laughs> anyway, so um, basically, uh, keeperleaguepod.com.au, you can find your state league uh, fantasy scores, you can find your under 18 draftee uh, fantasy scores, and you can see who the next up and coming fantasy scores are. So mm-hmm. basically, if you support the podcast by becoming a member, and we'll just mention that 100% of what we make out of this goes back into the podcast. Podcasts, whether it be recording tools, yep. data analysis software, um, advertising, all that sort of stuff goes back into the pod. We don't pocket any of this. Um, it's just to grow the uh, grow the podcast. So if you support us, uh, we'll reward you basically with all of those um, stats and more. So next up as well, we've got the breakout tracker, which has our next big release, and that'll be early next year. And uh, yeah, what that does is basically lets you compare any of the uh, any player in the competition to the top ten of every position um, at the same point in their career. So example. You could compare James Warple to the top 10 midfielders at the same point in their career. And I'm going to give you the hot tip that James Warple is way ahead of the top 10 midfielders in the same point in their career. Interesting. So, as a result, we like to read out a few of our members uh, on the mm-hmm. podcast just to say thank you. But uh, we've had so many sign up, it's going to actually take a long time to read through them all. So, we're just going to break it down and do a few a week. So, this week, we're basically the uh, first people to jump in for uh, 2020. So, thank you to Nick Pedden, Michael Duthie, Alex Fugelslang, Rod West, and uh, Ben Downey. And if you want to get involved- guys. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, heaps for that. Um, but yeah, if you want to get involved, head to keeperleaguepod.com.au, click the membership button, and sign up, and you'll get access to all this of stuff it's awesome all right uh let's move on to the listener tweets case
from Nicholas James, can we expect a return of 2018 Angus Brayshaw in 2020? Yeah, I think we can purely because of the players they have picked up. So mm-hmm. Ed Langdon and who was the other one that's a winner? Adam Tomlinson. Adam Tomlinson. Um, yeah, so those two they picked up, I reckon they are going to go to the wings because that's what we saw with Brayshaw do is just wander out there and not touch the ball. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, he'll go back into, the, into that inside role and I think it'll uh, really help his scoring there. Plus the demise, I suppose, of Nathan Jones yeah, with age. You know, he he's going to a back flank. That was so weird last year because they moved him back in the midfield after it looked like he was just gone from there. And mm. yeah, it was annoying. Interesting with uh, Jones picking up defender status this year as a DPP. Yeah, it was. I guess he played there a bit last year. Yeah. But, you know, I've seen him. I've seen players do more and get less. It's true. But will he be a Jordan Lewis or will he be a handy kind of back Jordan, centre? Jordan Lewis for me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, next question is uh, Stuart Ward, Devin Smith, bargain or trap? Now, Kaz, you own Devin Smith. Yes, I can't speak. I'm no. too biased. Well, I'm going to ask you this question. What mm-hmm. would it take to get him off you? Good question. Uh, like if, lots or not much? Well, uh, lots, I think. Yeah. Because end of the day, apart from Lockie Whitfield, who will go into the season as the best forward. Yeah. If Devin Smith is fit, he's basically the second best forward. What I'm getting at, he's not a bargain. He's no. not going to be a bargain at all. No. Not in a keeper league anyway. No. So I don't know if the weather they're talking about uh, AFL Fantasy Classic where he's going to be mid-priced because mm. he's spent a year out of the game. Yeah. Um, he's definitely not going to be a trap. No. He's going to play in the midfield. Yeah. He's only going to be he's only going to be forward for one more year. So we might be trapped in that regard that you uh, will only have the forward for one more year. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And as we banged on about last week with the, the draftees and stuff, guys who tackle like Smith does, yeah. doesn't even matter if he's playing on half forward flank. He's still going to get eight, ten tackles a game and still be a great scorer. So definitely, um, if you got him, hold him. He's going to be great. And he's yeah. fit. He's been training all preseason, which is great. Uh, Thomas Lee, hey guys, can you rank your top five rookie picks from this year's draft? Hef, you are the draft king here. Yeah, so I went through and uh, look, I haven't released the rookie stats purely because there's not much in there to really look at. Mm-hmm. Um, but upon this question, I've actually gone through and put together a list of all the um, all the rookie picks that weren't on AFL lists last year, yep. um, all the new guys, and I will release that at some stage. Just uh, I've got my last week of work this week, so I'll get it up sometime in the next week. So um, anyway, top five uh, fantasy averages out of the rookie draft. So we talked about this in the uh, mini episode for members only, mm-hmm. uh, Connor Buderick. Um, so he went to Gold Coast in the rookie draft but essentially he was the best Queensland prospect and Gold Coast with their new um, draft rules or I guess his own rules they can take any Queensland player um, whenever they want in the draft mm-hmm. unopposed so they just waited till right at the end and took Connor Buderick now he went at 119 average in the NAB League and I think he was close to 90 average in uh, the under 18 championships as well for the allies so um, yeah look he was uh, he's an absolute jet in terms of fantasy where he fits in that Gold Coast side, um, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But mm. in terms of fantasy numbers, he was up there. Uh, Mitch Hibbard, uh, I've got at number two for the rookie draft. Uh, he had a 99 average in the VFL. Another player we went to, into at length uh, mm. in the Patreon. Oh, sorry, not Patreon. They're members only. That's blasphemy. Mm. Uh, members only podcast there. Um, next one, uh, Josh Honey. So he's a, a midfielder, played for Western Jets last year. Uh, he averaged 77. Um, Jake Pacini went to Port Adelaide, um, and he is a key defender. So I mm-hmm. don't know where <laughs> I don't know whether he's going to be great at fantasy, but playing in the Waffle Colts, uh, he was pretty awesome in terms of intercept marking and uh, just getting a few kicks off uh, the half back line. So yeah, 74 average there. And uh, Mitch O'Neill, so he's a bit of a ball winner from Tasmania, and uh, we can only get his numbers from the under 18 championships, and that's where he averaged 73, which is actually quite 
quite good going for underrated championships because they are a bit lower scoring. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, because the Tassie State League, um, I'm not actually sure Tasmania has internet, so I don't know if they've been out <laughs> joking. I love our Tassie, Tassie listeners. We've got so many of them. They're awesome. Uh, but yeah, look, the Tassie, doesn't ha- the Tassie League doesn't keep uh, champion data stats really so we can't yeah. really tell what he got in the state league but uh, the underrated champs he averaged 73 so yeah that's uh, I reckon the top five from the rookie draft that are going to be in terms yeah. of fantasy scoring so I'll just go over them because in our members only we actually forgot to read out one of the names so we'll yes. just go through well Connor Butterick uh, Mitch Hibbard Josh Honey Jake Pasidi and Mitch O'Neill uh, Mitch Hibbard would be one that's definitely going to make a instant impact I think you think he'll go straight into the uh, other side he'll be tough if he actually cracks the best 22 but he's the one that's physically ready he's 23 yeah true beat on A list before had a really good season in the VFL and I know you never want to include him in the, in the notes here but Benny Keys oh, as the rookie pickup fuck. the Crows <laughs> need midfielders and he's a gun I'm so sick of Ben Keys. I'm going to keep talking about him all year. finally over him no he's <laughs> the, well he was until he got picked up by the yeah, Crows exactly. so bad luck you can thank the Crows for that uh, uh, another br- reason I hate the Crows man <laughs> Brad Mosley uh, what do we got from him uh, who goes at four he's got Grundy Whitfield McRae and then is it Josh Kelly or Tom Mitchell? Would you take a pick four if you were starting up a new league? Well, that's what I've got written there. I'd take one of those two uh, for me. So I think he was asking then. Okay. That's Josh Kelly or Tom Mitchell is actually my answer. Okay, so, good answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, we just uh, preface this question as well. Um, yeah, we don't often uh, do draft like, you know, we don't talk about these kind of caliber players, but because we're doing a new keeper league, you yes. might be drafting for the first time. So and you want a keeper that lasts forever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd go Josh Kelly. I, you know, I'm always a bit wary of guys coming off big injuries like Tom Mitchell. Yeah, well, the thing is, it's a broken leg. It's not like an ACL. Like, yeah, but are people always the same when, you know, I know, I know, it's not an ACL. But yeah, I've seen still, a lot of players come back from broken legs and be uh, fine. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But if you, if, obviously, Tom Mitchell is the easy choice, but I think if you had Josh Kelly, he's going to be a bloody gun for years and years and years. And you just got to take that captain option first. Yeah. Um, Either one of those. I, think, I don't think you can go wrong with those no. two. So. Agree. Pick yeah. four is a good pick because you, can, you can't really stuff it up because, no. you know. You can't screw Grundy or Whitfield McRae and then you yep. got them, so it's sweet. Yeah. Uh, Travis Kelly, thoughts on a pick swap. So that's Travis Buckley. It's Travis Buckley, sorry. Uh, thoughts on a pick swap, number eight for 23 and 26. Uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't do it. I just find in that first round, you're definitely going to find something better than 23 and 26. Depends how your league set up. Like, if you're going to ask these questions as well, just maybe give us a, um, uh, I guess, a hint on how many you keep what's yep. in your draft. So if you're in a dynasty style league and you're only going to be drafting like new players, like uh, rookies coming into the system, yep. um, look, I still don't think because of the, I guess it's a bit of a shallow pool, 23 and 26, you're probably not going to get anything worthwhile anyway. So you might as well have pick eight. Yeah. And even if you're in a in a shallower keeper pool like us, um, I still think in that first round, you're going to get something half decent. There's always, in our league, there's always one, you know, the, the first round is always pretty good players left because there's always a team who's strong and they have to delist someone who's yeah, pretty yeah. decent. You know, if someone takes a risk and wants to delist an older guy and, you know, if you're talking the difference between, you know, pick, you know, basically three, two or three rounds in between those picks usually, you know, it's, yeah. it's a big drop off in, in quality, I think. So it's a, it's a, it's a no for me. Yeah. Uh, at Davieu, pick one, uh, pick one, sorry, for pick two and acres in a dynasty league. Who says no? I'm, I'm assuming someone in their league has actually I said no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, pick two and acres, look, pick one, they obviously want Rao. All right, so that's what the the guy wants. Yeah. Um, would you take pick two and acres? Probably, I reckon that's pretty good because he's I still going to get someone half decent. Matt Rowe is not Sam Walsh. Well, he, he's touted to be quite similar. Yeah, but and he's going to the Gold Coast where he's going to get plenty of opportunity. True, but he very yeah. well could be. Yeah, but um, 
you're going to get acres and pick two. You look, you could get someone like Anderson, um, Sarong, mm. um, you know, Butterick even. Like, I wouldn't go pick no, two with him, but, um, but like, he's another good fantasy scorer. There's going to be good fantasy scorers that you can pick up, is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was the other one? Uh, there's another one in there that we've uh, talked about, but I can't remember. Um, that are all good fantasy scorers that average in those, mm. you know, high 90s, hundreds in yeah. the uh, in the NAB league. So, all yeah. I'm saying is I don't think this year is as clear cut as it was last year, where Absolutely it was not. like Sam Walsh is heading. Shoulders yeah. above pick two, you yeah. know. So that's yeah. the, that's the thing. But there. even so, like you know, last year I reckon you looked at someone like Xavier Dozmar. That was probably it was the indica- the indicators were pretty clear he was going to have a season like he did. And then someone like Bailey Smith who. Um, come come off an injury riddled year to play every game of the season. Who mm. really warmed up in the back end mm. and that sort of stuff. Um, there was a few players that you would be very happy to go with after Rao yeah. this year. There's it's probably not the same caliber of fantasy scorers. I don't think. Yeah, but I still think anchors gives a lot of value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of going to Fremantle. No, what I'm saying is I would go for pick two. Yeah, anchors. yeah, no, yeah. and I think so. Yeah. I think that the the potential of you know if Rao's that good, second pick's still going to be quite good. Plus, you get Acres who's ready to go day dot kind of thing as yeah. well so i think it's a good i think it's a good trade yeah uh at trav 014 how good is Petrake gonna be this year well, i think he'll be about the same and 80 you know two to 85 average forward which is fantastic for a forward case what, what's your opinion i just think he's the biggest disappointment <laughs> in the whole league well, I, as, as a, a football player is fine as a fantasy scorer people think he's going to be like 110 average forward he's never going to be like that no, but he's an he, impact player he's like he'll kick you three goals and then disappear for two quarters well then you must hate Jordan Degoe then oh it's just no but Jordan Degoe's <laughs> actually got better numbers than uh, only slightly yeah but you know but you're not expecting him to ever be that you know people he's one Trav 014 is a Melbourne supporter <laughs> who's got delusions of grandeur about Petraka. <laughs> Uh, he's just not going to be what people think he should be or what he potentially could be because he plays his particular role so well on the team. I just think what's wrong with an 80 average forward? It's going to get 80 every year. Yeah, but he'll take him in round one because he's a peanut. But, yeah, you know, maybe not in round one. But, you know, yeah. I think for what he puts out, uh, you're going to be your F2, F3. I think he's fine. Yeah. Hey, can I go through my draft, my little post-it note? <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. So, I made, <laughs> made some notes about what I think are the five kind of best things or things you need to think about when starting up a new keeper league or draft league even, especially. Go. So, group chat, important. Keeps the banter going. Keeps everyone's uh, around the communications. Number two, draft night. Draft night, as you know, if you are a normal draft player, draft night is the best night of the whole entire season yeah, so awesome. put effort into it what our commission did this year with you know fantastic doing actually the first round live you know printing off um heads of all the players that were you know potentially mm. to take and we got and, to have know. a photo with them as well yeah. we'll probably tweet it out again yeah. later on so, you um, it, but so yeah. stuff like that i'd even love to see that go into the second round this year because it was just a that half an hour everyone was actually <laughs> like engrossed in yeah. what was going on the the it was just it was awesome so and some good laughs when some players came out as exactly well. <laughs> and you know beers yeah. barbecue you can't really go wrong at yep. all so make sure everyone can try and get to your draft night because that is the the night it should be and i know it's early days and we'll probably rehash this later but send us some pictures of your drafts or whatever's yeah. going on or some videos well there's a few cr- uh, classic ones sent through last year yeah. and some banter going on and some picks happening so sure, send us through sure. anything that is related to your league because we love seeing it because we love this shit the yeah. social side of it is just great yeah yeah big, big time uh number Number three is get creative. So, get good creative team names. Um, you know, I've got a logo for my team. You know, some other people have got Guernseys made up about their teams. You know, put a bit of head into the teams, but also like your articles, your Photoshop things that guys are usually pretty good at. You know, yep. we, you know, there's a few guys in our group who try and, you know, 
you know, knock off AFL.com articles and, you know, insert funny yep. in-jokes in that and, you know. You have a sliding doors article. I, I do my Stu demo Barrett slide, sliding doors Stu article. Stu does the nine things we learned or whatever Correct, it was. you know, like, yeah. so all that stuff and it can even, it just really brightens up. Power guys. rankings, Gerald does. Exactly. Yeah, great you know, weekly articles that come out. Um, yeah. With bogeymen, That's which is right. always a good one <laughs> too. Good one Some too. good Photoshop. But, you know, <laughs> stuff like that, it can really make people's Thursday or Friday afternoons when, you know, someone's just, you know, want to kill half an hour yeah, at work. slide and, out of the office. And do something fun. Um, I think that makes it, it helps add to that element of the league. I think obviously locking in your squad sizes is very important and making that clear from the the start. You know, do what we do, do rookies where you can kind of, you know, keep guys floating for a year or two without any real, um, you know, neat. You don't have to keep them, you can keep them, but, you know, they're floating around, which yep. is really good, I think. Um, and then also your keeper positions. I think we play four, six, one, four, and three utilities, yep. which is a bit different to the standard five, seven, one, five. Yeah, so play around with your positions to see what yeah. works for your league. You know, like, I think that because we go quite deep and we're all pretty into it, we could play that five, seven, one, five, but, you know, the, having the utilities to be a bit flexible, especially if you are, um, you know, there's no waivers, you have to be a bit, um, yeah, flexible with your team and, you you know, you might have a big glut of forwards that you need to put on the, that utility line. Yeah. Um, but, you know, having 5715 could actually be more trading because you'd actually need to trade, you know, forwards to backs to fill in positions. So, yeah. Um, and at least a high scoring, I think, as well, if you can kind of don't have to fill that last back position with someone who's going to yeah. score your 50 type thing. But it really depends on what you're like. I'll, I'd be happy to play that because I love going deep and deep and that's what our podcast is all about, going yeah. deep and finding the, you know, the, the guys who might even just get you 70 each week as opposed to guys who will get you a 60 or a 50 and, and that kind of thing. So, it really depends on how committed you guys are in terms of research and that. But uh, yeah, I think all of that makes a, a good league. All right, cool. So, uh, I guess that wraps it up for it this week. So, it's probably a bit of a shorter one. I don't really have the time how long it's going for, but uh, you know, it is pre-season and we're just trying to get a few more keeper leagues off the ground so mm-hmm. we can have a, a bit more to talk about and a few more people to uh, interact with the show so yeah if you've uh, got some time during the week check out our website keeperleaguepod.com.au uh, hit us up on all the socials now we got uh, uh, Facebook Twitter Instagram we're even on TikTok if you're on that and, what uh, is TikTok? Yeah, don't worry I'm still Kays. using yeah, bloody yeah. post-it notes I oh, know you're on MySpace still so uh, I think we're yeah we've got a YouTube channel as I well. I think, think you're in my top friends so I'll have to change <laughs> that good I don't want to be there <laughs> uh, and uh, Keeper League Pod I think on YouTube now as well so we'll have a bit more video content uh, going up this year as well um, yeah we'll see how long that lasts with all the video editing and stuff like that but uh, yeah it's good fun at the moment I'm enjoying it so we'll keep putting stuff up there what do we got next week Hef? Uh cool so next week uh, fingers crossed we're allowed to release all the positions next week mm-hmm. um, it should be the, the position should drop any day now really so we'll be allowed to talk about them as of next week so we're going to have a look at some of the position changes and how they uh, affect uh, keeper league so that'll be our last uh, episode for the year and then we'll get stuck in next year with a little pre-season content so beautiful yeah. all right take it easy listeners and we'll talk to you next week see you next week